everybody. It is October, and uh, you're listening to Dying Alone Together with me, Jack Tracy, a homosexual, cis male, pervert, single Capricorn. That doesn't mean anything, as I've talked about on previous podcasts. Uh, New York native. Did I mention that yet? Uh, podcaster, creative, writer, all the things, and I'm going to give you something to think about for your, for your week. So today I want to talk about sort of my journey with, with relationships and currently being single and sort of having a different perspective on what it would take for me to enter a new relationship. So... I have been in three long-term, serious, monogamish relationships. Um, There have been a smattering of other sort of dalliances and short-term things, but, but, but those are like the three real like milestones. And honestly, I don't even really count the first two. I really only count the last one as, like, my first, like, significant relationship. And let me explain that before I get into what's, what is up today. So my first relationship was in college. I met him the last semester of my senior year at the, the Sunday night gay night at the local club at Penn State, which at the time was called Players, <laughs> and I'm not sure it's called that anymore. Uh, I went out, I remember the day exactly, because it was February 28th, it was my sister's birthday. Um, I don't really get along with my sister, and never really have, so I was not with her or celebrating in any capacity. I was out at a bar celebrating the birthday of my boss at Circuit City. He was the other gay guy there, he was, there was another gay guy, there were two gay guys. Uh, He was my boss, he was gay, he wanted to go out for his birthday. We were kind of in the process of becoming friends, even though I reported to him. And quite honestly, I think he kind of had a little thing for me, which was not returned by me, which kind of made things a little uncomfortable. But anyway, so we went out for his birthday to players, and I saw, um, let's call him Dave. I saw Dave sitting at the bar, he was by himself beardy, kind of like your average Joe. Like, he didn't look like he belonged at the gay night at Players. And I remember walking in, and my boss was like, all right, you know, we're both finding guys tonight. You know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm just 21. No, I'm 22 at this point. I'm 22. And he's like, oh, we got to find somebody. And he goes, he's like, oh, I'm going to go talk to him. I'm going to talk to him. Who do you want to talk to? And I saw the guy at the bar and I was like, oh, I want to talk to that guy. And I remember my boss being like, of course you would. Because I was never really into the traditional party gay. Like the, I'm just here with my friends, having a good time. Live, love, laugh. You know, like that was never my vibe. I always liked a more chill, reserved, thoughtful to themselves, private person. That's always been kind of the person I've been drawn to because, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like I'm an energy chameleon. I will 
adjust naturally without even thinking adjust my energy to counterbalance the energy in the room like my i want to bring balance to a room naturally so if i'm with someone who's like super high energy and super you know on and buzzing i will take a back seat and i'll be pretty reserved i'll be pretty quiet um and on the flip side i'll be far more entertaining and cheeky as my british ex would say or um i would be much more vibrant when i'm with someone who's a bit more you know quite reserved and quite frankly i like to be my vibrant self more than i like to be my quiet self so i want to be with someone who kind of is the opposite is a little more reserved and that lets me be what i think is like my best self so, you know, I sensed this from this guy immediately. I should have clocked that he was out at a bar by himself. Because that, especially when you're younger, because he was my age. So it was like, like, you're not here with like anyone, anyone. But I suppose I was like, oh, he's, his friends were in the bathroom. He's waiting for his friends, blah, blah, blah. That was not the case. Because he, as I later found out, was a full-blown alcoholic. Uh, even though I didn't give his real name, I'll just throw a allegedly, even though I, for legal purposes, but I witnessed it, lived with it. This was a problem. So we got together very quickly. He had the biggest fucking dick I have ever experienced. I remember we had to go to like training camp. Like I was, it was, it was bottoms boot camp for, for Jackie Trey. Like I was... When we started having sex, it was like, okay, I'm going to sit on it a little bit, and we're just going to sit here for a minute until my body says, okay, I'm fine with this, and then maybe I'll sit down a little further. Like, <laughs> it, it was full training, and it took probably like a, like a couple weeks until I was able to just, like, have sex with him. Um, the sex was incredible, and that is what kind of kept the relationship alive, quite frankly, um, he was strange. He had a lot of hot takes that I found odd. Um, what was one of them? Oh, he thought, he thought gay men could not be raped because they always want it. Um, I think when he first said it, I like was like, oh, this is a, this is dark humor. This is like, you're just being... This is like outrageous dark humor. Got it. I, I love that stuff. Fine. I actually think you thought it was true. He really hated flowers. I remember on an anniversary, I got him flowers and he like flipped out about how much of a waste of money it is. And I should have just taken my money and burned it. <sighs> Lovely fellow. Um, right. And then, of course, the drinking. So it was college. And quite frankly, I couldn't tell because everyone drank a lot in college. But his family drank a lot, too. And I remember visiting them, and his mom one night got so incredibly wasted and, like, got, like, close to hitting the daughter, Dave's sister. And it was very uncomfortable. And, like, they would get, every night, they would, like, swing by the liquor store, get, like, several bottles of wine. they drink it all at dinner. And just spend the rest of the night sloshing. I grew up in a dry home. So this was very curious to me to see like 
parents regularly getting blotto in front of their kids, um, even if they were adult kids. Well, one of no, one of them, two of them were possibly in high school. It was strange. Um, and then, of course, when we finally lived together and I was taking out to the recycling two to three full Svedga handles a night because he would... I mean, I'm, I think... I honestly think he drank half a handle of vodka a day. And there was a point where he passed out at work because he was, quote, dehydrated and taken to the drunk tank and then to the hospital overnight. And I had to, um, I had to pick him up and bring him clothing because he had soiled himself. Pause. I got a Amazon delivery. Uh, <laughs> welcome to the new format of the podcast. And now Max is going to lose his fucking mind because someone, <laughs> yeah, someone dared touch thing. I'm leaving this all in because, well, welcome to my life. So, um, right. So that was relationship one. I stayed with him too long. He ended up moving up to New York with me. I moved here first. We did long distance for a bit. He lived with me. That was a mistake. Eventually had to have the, I had to have the police take him out because he punched me in the face and threw me to the ground and I had to grab a knife out of the kitchen block and keep him away from me and then lock myself in the bathroom. That was fun. Not the first time I've had to protect myself and, uh, from a boyfriend and uh, yeah, so that ended extremely poorly, and um, never spoke to him again. Uh, in terms of just making sure we're we're clear on my role in all of that too. Towards the end, I was cheating on him. Um, I didn't have the ability to just say, and I'm not. This is an excuse. I'm just telling you what I think in hindsight. I was doing. I didn't have the ability to say to him. I don't, I want to break up with you because my mom sort of implanted this idea in my head that I was so peculiar that if I found someone that liked me, I should sort of like hold on to it. And that would come to play in the, the later relationship because when we broke up, she basically straight up told me like, you need to get back with him because baby, this is it for you. You found it twice. That's lucky for you. And the thing is, she always meant it in a positive way. Like, you're just, you're, you're a unicorn, baby. And not many people are going to like a unicorn. Anyway, maybe we'll save more of that for a future episode. But um, I just didn't, but I wanted out. And I think I was probably subconsciously trying to blow up the relationship. I think I wanted to be caught. And it gave me an out. I'm not proud of it. That, I'm not saying that's what I should have done or that was the right thing or fair to him, but I think that's what I did. So I came to the next relationship like two, one and a half, two years after that. I met him while I was in law school and he was perfectly fine. I think we were friends. The sex life was meh. And he, it came to a point, we, we were like, almost like kid he was almost like my kid brother even though we were the same age um it was a lot of teasing it was a lot of which today like i don't want in a relationship because there comes a point where you tease each other so much that like your brain starts going like does this guy even like me so he makes fun of me all the time right and we were together for two years and i remember he wrote me this like um 
I graduated law school and he wrote me this letter in a card, like happy graduation card. And it was like, thank you so much for allowing me to be in your life for this part of your journey, wishing you all the best. And I remember like we were out to dinner and his like mom had flown in to like meet my parents and like, it really just soured the whole experience because I'm like, oh, he's breaking up with me. Like we're breaking up. Like he's like, this was his like, yeah, good luck to you. And I just remember having just having to sit with that through a time that I should have been happy and just like putting on a brave face and a happy face at an event that was kind of supposed to be about me. And I don't know. I just, it really sucked. So then we didn't actually break up. We talked about it. And he's like, oh, I just got that feeling from you. And honestly, he was probably right because I was in that relationship because unlike Dave, uh, Jared here was, that's not his name, was stable and nice and fine. So it was like, this is good enough. This is good enough. What a shame that that was, that was the barometer for me for relationship. What a shame. We eventually did break up because I was, uh, I was out. He was out. He lived very far from me. I was in Hoboken. He was on the Upper East Side. So we're talking like a walk, two trains, and a bus. And I did it for like years. And I went up to, to his place. And his roommate was very touchy with him, not with me. And I remember walking into the apartment. And they're like laying on the couch spooning watching TV. And I don't like it. I really don't like it. And I'm... I think I was, I'm not really jealous anymore now, but I was, I didn't, I didn't like it. It was like, you know, oh no, we just, we were just cuddling. We're just friends. And I guess that's a thing, like, especially the younger generation does now. Like, oh, we're just cuddle friends. Like, ew. Boundaries. Uh, but you know, you may know me and my relationship with cuddling, which is don't, don't touch me. Um, so I came home and then he, he was like, he was like, hey, since you're up, we're out of XYZ, their apartment, not mine. Can you just run down to the grocery store and get it? And I was like, oh, sure. Well, you just, y'all just continue cuddling. I, your boyfriend, will go out and get your fucking groceries. So I did that. And then there was, that was like the, the beginning where I was really starting to think about it. And then finally, there was a night where he went out with his friends and I didn't want to go. I just didn't want to, I didn't feel like it. I was tired. And he was really pissed off about that. They, that would make him go alone. But they were mostly his friends and whatever. So he went out and he said he would be back because we were going to have date night. So he was going to go out and have a couple drinks, take a happy hour, and then he was going to come home and we were going out to dinner. And he never came home. And he came home super late. I already went to bed. He came home super late, crawled in his bed. I woke up before him in the morning, packed all my shit, woke him up and was like, hi, we're over. Um, I hope we can be friends one day. I walked out. And I felt so triumphant. Like, yes. This is right for me. I feel very good about this decision. And then, you know, my mother comes in with this whole, oh, he was, he misses you so much. He reached out to us. He, he doesn't know what to do to get you back. And honey, this was the best relationship you've ever been in. And he really likes you. I think you should really. And I gave him a chance and we got back together and we dated for another three years. And we absolutely should not have. You know, we ended up being... 
roommates. We were roommates that occasionally had sex. And one of the things we ended up doing is we opened the relationship so that I could go have enjoyable sex. Um, and I did. And it was fine. But it wasn't what I wanted. I wanted that from my partner, not from someone on the outside. Anyway, that all eventually... It was like a mutual conversation. We just sat in our kitchen and we're like, I don't think this is working. And then one of the things he did when he left, so he was very big about like, I'm keeping all the friends. Uh, I'm taking as much shit as possible and you can straight off go fuck yourself. And in his final fuck you when he left, uh, he took or threw out everything I had in storage, which was all of my childhood possessions. So... Everything that I had taken with me from my childhood home, my blanket in my crib, my stuffed animal, gone. And importantly, my collection of Star Trek stuff, which I've always loved. So I had to go rebuy all of that, which I actually finally did this year. But that money gave me a big fat insurance check, and uh, I used that to buy all the furniture that is still in my apartment. Anyway, uh had a great time of bachelorhood and then that's when I met like the person that I fell deeply deeply in love with um we'll call him Nate he a British crossfitter that's kind of how I met him through like a crossfit party and I would have liked to have believed that he absolutely adored me and I oh I'm getting emotional I loved him more than I loved any person ever including anyone in my family I was head over heels, smitten. I dreamt of our wedding day. I, I just wanted to be with him forever. He was the first person that showed me, because I always had this sort of sexual side that I kind of kept to myself. And... He was the first person that showed me, like, you can have romantic love and be a sexy pervert with your partner. Like, we had both. That integration. Because he came from a world of, like, he had he had since, quote, reformed, which I don't really agree with that word for this. But, like, he was, like, a sex club, you know, all-night bender kind of person. Um, and, and I was not. I was goody tissues we don't we keep all of my sexual stuff like quiet and we don't talk about it secret life uh which made me really get sexual attraction from like having a secret i think so anyway he was the first person to show me we could do all that and i i just we broke up like the last one after two years because there was just a i won't get into it but there was a time that he had promised to be there for me and he pulled out the night before at a time where I really needed his help to do something that he, just something he wanted would rather do instead. And I broke up with him the next day because it was just like you you literally couldn't be there for me at a time where you promised. And you and I and you knew I needed you and you knew that it would really fuck me over to leave. And you did it for something so trivial. So we broke up, and then, though my mother didn't intervene, her advice intervened, and I was going on all these bad dates, and I 
kept hearing about all the people he was dating. And even some people that I went on a date with, they'd be like, oh yeah, I'm going out with your ex next week. Oh yeah, I went out with your ex yesterday. He's really great. Because gay people are terrible. That happened more than once. So yeah, so I just got like, oh fuck, I, I needed to make this work. I made a bad decision. I, should, I shouldn't have broke up over. I should have been angry, but we shouldn't have broken up. And we got together, we moved in together, and the very first day we moved in together, I didn't want to have sex, he did, and he got his way, and I was hurt physically, and he laughed at me, because I was bleeding, and he thought it was funny that he fucked me so good that I was I was injured, and with I immediately knew... I had to get out of that. Like, it was, this was a mistake. It was an absolute mistake. There, This was over a course of three years. We finally moved in together the last year. And then um, I faked it as long as I could because we were locked into this lease. And I was just like, I got to get through this next year because I don't have the money to afford two apartments. I, I got stuff going on. I just need to, I can do it. I can do it. And there were times where I was like, no, you know, we can be together because I, I, despite what happened, I still fucking loved him. And then he canceled my, a trip that he didn't want me to go on. And I, I really just, I, I got to experience how controlling he would take cups out of my hand and like that I was drinking and put it in the washer being like, I'm not confident that you're going to put this in the dishwasher. So I'm taking this from you now. And it was really living with him that I was like, oh, I'm a prisoner here. I'm a, he's, he's a monster. Uh, and I was in love with him. And it was very, very hard. But finally, we had a, he was asking me to, he was basically saying I wasn't doing enough in the relationship because I didn't really have a relationship with his family anymore. And that was because when we broke up the first time, he told them all I was like, horrible and terrible to him and they all hated me and I didn't want to and he never rectified it so it was like you want me to hang out with these people who like actively hate me like I can hear the disdain in their voice when they talk to me on the phone like no you if you want me to have a relationship with these people you got to talk to them so we got a fight over that I was like I don't I don't want to do that and then he didn't let me listen to my music and didn't want me to watch my tv shows he'd take the remote from me and turn it off and it was just like I, I just I had had enough and I couldn't fake it anymore and it was May and I was trying to get to September and I just couldn't and um we had a big fight he was incredibly cruel to me over the course of us living together I decided because I was so angry and hurt that I was like oh you want to you want to play with fire let's play with fucking fire and I gave it back to him like twofold to the point where yet again I'm in a position where I have to lock myself in my bedroom to stay away from him he's saying stuff like if this escalates I should remind you that I'm much stronger than you so I again had to sleep with a knife next to me to keep him away from me and at one point I pointed it towards him saying do not come near me and he had the dog camera on and he used that video to go to the police and have me arrested for menacing which is a crime in New York where you wave a weapon in front of someone and when I got back to my apartment he had well I was banned from going in the apartment he stripped it of everything 
a lot of my things and uh, locked my dog in a hot room in his crate for 24 hours alone. So I had to rescue my dog. Sorry, I get emotional talking about this. I had to rebuild my life. Everyone in our lives stopped talking to me. Loved him, you know, affable British chap. And I was yet again at zero with nothing, which happened to me every breakup. And I had to rebuild my life yet again. And then a pandemic. (laughs) So anyway, what's the lesson of all this? I've met plenty of people, plenty of people that years ago I would be in a relationship with by now. Funny, fun, sexed good, attractive, kind. I will not get into a relationship with someone where I don't feel compelled to change my life. Because I really like my life right now. I have worked so hard and sacrificed so much and been through hell and back homelessness jail unemployment broke and everything alone no friends no one to help no family And I have built, I look around at this beautiful apartment and my lovely dog and my great job and the fact that I'm performing a lot and I'm getting investors for a movie and it's just like, I did all of this. I did all of this. Because I got away from a fucking man and I said no and this is, I wanted my life to be a certain way and I made it for myself. And unless I go on a date with someone or a couple, obviously a couple dates with someone, and I feel so inclined to risk this to to make a modification, to make room for someone, if I don't feel so incredibly compelled by that person to do that, I am not getting in a relationship. Not anymore. Because I am not a rare unicorn that only a special person could possibly want. And I do not need someone else to complete me. And I don't need anyone else's money, which is something the last one always thought I wanted. Despite that, I made more fucking money than him. So, I remain single. It's the longest time I've ever been single. There's no prospect, no hope at the time of this recording for anything. I continue to meet people, I continue to go on dates, I continue to have sex, I continue to have fun. But until I meet that person that makes me want to change my life, to make some room for him, I'm not doing it. And I encourage you not to either. Best advice I have for you, make your life exactly as you want it to be. Get into a space where you are entirely content, entirely happy, have all the things that you want, or be on the, the right track, feel engaged and happy and hopeful, and then see if there's someone that adds to that who you like so much that you're willing to make room for them. And anything less than that, don't. I'll see you next week.